Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. In the book of Leviticus chapter 9, Leviticus chapter 9 and verse 23, the Lord moved among us last night. I left here and went home, sat in the recliner in my living room, laid back and just prayed in the Holy Ghost for a while. There is nothing like the presence of God upon our individual lives. Amen. There's nothing like feeling his presence. Can you say amen? Leviticus chapter 9, verse 23. Before we get into the word, I do want to say that Brother Ferris came through his surgery well today. We're so thankful for that. Amen. Would you thank God for that? Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Brother Noe Berrientos also had surgery today. It went well. Came through that very well. We're thankful for that. Amen. We want to lift them up in prayer. We want to pray for Brother Dale Stallings. Very, very sick. uh, Admitted with pneumonia. uh, Been sick. And we want to pray that God is going to touch him and his family. Would you lift your hands and pray for Brother Dale Stallings right now? God, we're praying that you would let him, Lord, be delivered from this virus, be delivered from pneumonia. We're praying that, God, you would touch him right where he is. Let your spirit move upon him, oh God. Let his lungs receive strength. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everybody says, amen. Luke, um, excuse me, Leviticus 9, 23, and Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation and came out and blessed the people. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. And there came a fire out from before the Lord and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat, which when all the people saw, they shouted, and fell on their faces. It wasn't good enough just to have a tabernacle. It wasn't even good enough to build an altar. But when the sacrifice was given, when the bullock that they laid upon the altar was dead, it was when the sacrifice died that heaven responded. And I want you to know tonight that if you'll build the altar, not just lay the wood, not just lay the stones, not just come up to the, 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 the wood altar we have here, but if you'll die out to God, heaven will respond. Heaven wants to respond to the anchor tonight. I believe heaven responded last night to the church last night. Do you, aren't you glad for what the Lord is doing? I'm telling you, there's a moving of his spirit. Do you believe that God can move upon us so powerfully tonight that backsliders can wake up all over this region? Do you believe that sinners can come to themselves because we have a prayer meeting on a Wednesday night? Somebody shout amen. Look at two or three people and say, it's going to start with you. 
but it's not going to end with you. Amen. I want you to lift your hands and I want you to pray. Lord, I want my heart to be open to your word. I pray in the name of Jesus that, Lord, you would move right now up on this congregation. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Touch this group. Touch us all to receive your word in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. You may be seated. Once the altar is built, the sacrifice was laid. And it was then, everybody say, and then the fire fell. When you begin to study the building of the tabernacle, we're not going to get in great detail about that, but it was, a, it was a tent that they set up in the wilderness. It was a mobile unit. Every one of the priests had a specific job. There was curtains. If you could picture just a, a tent that was set up that looked like a house and the yard around it was, was, had a fence that was built around it. It was so tall that you couldn't see over it. There was one entrance into the yard. It was the east gate. When you would come into the east gate, the first instrument you would come to was the brazen altar. It was elevated. It was set up on a mound of dirt. It was the only elevated instrument. Why? Because it was in representation of Calvary, the cross, the lamb being slain. And the scripture says that if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. How many know when he died at the cross, he was lifted up and he died, giving hope to the entire world. Can you say amen? That altar on an elevator, they had to walk. I just taught this recently, but they had to, the priests would have had to have, on this flat level ground, they would have got dirt from somewhere, mounded up, put the altar on top. They would have had to have walked up to the altar. The altar was lifted up. The altar was so big that each instrument, the laver, which where they would wash, which was the other instrument on the, out, on the, in the yard or the outside of the tabernacle. If you would have got inside the tent, within the tent, there was a golden candlestick that was there. The altar of incense in the middle. There was a table of shoe bread that was here. Beyond the veil, there was the Ark of the Covenant that was in the Holy of Holies, representing the presence of God. That is our goal. There's a scattered feeling here tonight. I know everyone in the room's been busy working, but can you help me tonight pay attention to the word of the Lord? How many want to hear what God's saying? I, I know we're scooting around getting comfortable tonight, but hey man, we're not going to be here long. We might as well get everything we can get out of this service. Hey man, the altar was so big in its size that each instrument could be placed inside of the brazen altar individually. It would tell me today that the biggest instrument of the tabernacle was the altar. The first thing you would see when you would come into the tabernacle was the altar. You'll find that later in chapter 10, the scripture tells us that Nadab in Abihu, verse one, the sons of Aaron took either of them his censer and put fire therein, put incense thereon, and offered, everybody say, strange fire. Look at your neighbor and say, we don't need any strange fire in the church. Strange fire was man-made fire. It was, it was made by man. Friction sticks, I don't think they had a Bic lighter. I don't think they had any starting fluid. But they made their own fire. 
they were going to go into the holy place with fire that did not come from God. Let me just word it this way. They wanted to have a church that was built upon human abilities. They wanted a church that could be built upon man's personalities, musical giftings, oratory ability, man-made ways, man-made passions. But I want you to know this church isn't built upon man. This church is built upon a rock, Christ Jesus. We've got to have the power of God. We must have heaven moving among us. Oh, I appreciate the talent in the building, but talent isn't going to get us to where we need to go. We must have a move of his spirit. We must have a touch of heaven in every single service. They had the formality. They had the routine, except Nadab and Abihu, who knew better. They wanted, they wanted a tabernacle that they could bypass the altar and try to have God's approval. But you listen to me, there is no revival that God's going to permit. That's not going to have an altar that starts it. It's going to be the altar that's going to be the beginning to every single thing that God does. You want to reach your family, you better start at the altar. You want to reach your city, start at the altar. You want to make a difference in it, start at the altar. I come to preach to you, our families will not be saved without an altar. Our community will not be saved without an altar. But you give me some old-fashioned people that'll get a hold of an old-fashioned altar and heaven's gonna show up and the fire is gonna fall. Everybody shout, it begins at the altar. So when you walk into the temple, the tabernacle, the first thing you would see was a lifted up altar and somehow this younger generation thought to themselves we're going to go into the holy place we're going to worship with fire with our own passion but we want to do it without sacrifice we're going to do it without giving we're going to do it with convenience because you can't have God's approval if you don't have some skin in the game you don't have some time in the game. Come on, there's no time for this just microwave dinner. I told you, I told you last week that the Lord told me to tell you that He said to teach you that how you approach Him matters. Not just coming in, folding your arms and sitting on the seat and say, Lord, just be glad I showed up. That doesn't get God's attention. You being here doesn't move him more than you going to a country club or a restaurant somewhere. But when you walked in this building with a heart toward him, a heart that needs him, a heart that desires him, and willing to take some time to seek him, I'm going to tell you, it's going to get his attention. I come to preach to the anchor. I'm preaching to some praying people. Your prayers are going to work. What you've been doing is touching heaven. God is going to change this city because we've got a people that have an altar. Last night alone, we had 24 hours of prayer covered. 
going in to midnight last night. 24 hours of prayer have been done by this church and it's going to continue through tomorrow night at this time. It's going to continue through Friday at this time. It's going to continue through Saturday and Sunday at this time. What I come to tell you is that when they laid the sacrifice, when they killed some time on the altar, am I preaching to anybody? When they laid some time down on the altar, they gave up something they wanted so they could get a hold of God because I'm preaching to a generation that will not be convenienced by culture but you will live in sacrifice to receive the blessing of the Lord. I come to preach to you tonight. We cannot become convenienced. My, I feel the fire of his spirit in this room right now. Do you feel it? If you feel his presence, clap your hands and shout to the Lord all over the building. Come on, jump your feet and clap your hands and shout to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I taught you last Sunday in, in small sermonettes in between the worship songs, that we better be careful not, not to become convenienced by culture. What's gonna be a, what's gonna be, the Bible talks about the mark of the beast. You cannot sell, buy, or trade without it. I mean, we're so close to it. They tell me that, you know, I, I, was, I was there at Sister Jenna's wedding that night it was a beautiful outdoor wedding, wasn't it, Sister Sister Amy? Beautiful wedding. Jen and Meshach were getting married, and after the wedding, they were letting off some, I think, some type of glowing lanterns into the air. It was beautiful. Watch that wind carry those big lanterns off. And uh, just because of who I am, I like to watch the stars at night. Most nights, I walk out, at least stand on the sidewalk, peek around the porch, walk on the back deck, and. Look up into the sky and see if I can see a satellite. Any of you ever seen a satellite fly over? How many have seen a satellite fly over? Some of you need to look up. You're looking at the ground all the time. You need to quit looking at the bugs and shoelaces and start looking up. Amen. You're going to miss the rapture if you keep looking down. Glory to God. Look at your neighbors and say, look up. I go out and look up. See that big Milky Way? See, see the Milky Way galaxy and see all the stars clustered together? See the Big Dipper and the Little Dipper? Anybody ever seen the Little Dipper or the Big Dipper? My land, some of you ain't ever looked up. <laughs> Pastor, I'm sleeping. No, you're watching TV or something. Shame on you. You need to repent. Get out there and look at the sky. Glory to God. You ain't seen the, you ain't seen the Big Dipper and the Little Dipper. Something wrong with you, Glory. Sorry, and I like to look at the stars. My mother came up. It was a few years ago. We were sitting back and just hanging out at night. Looking up, all of a sudden, one star is just moving faster than the rest of them. I said, look, 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 Mom, Mom, right there. Where, where, what is it? What is it? Mom, right there is a satellite. Looks just like a star, but it's moving. And another little while, another one goes. And I think the sky is clear tonight. You can go see a satellite. But I'm not done preaching. And... Uh, I was there at the wedding, and I get a little—I get a little excited. I see something new, you know. I, I, I'm out there, and I look, and I see 
standing out in that field with that beautiful setting of the wedding. There's a strawberry moon in the background. It's a beautiful setting for a wedding. All of a sudden, in the darkness, I looked, and here came a satellite. I said, hey, 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 look, 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 look. I got a few people around. Look, look. And that satellite's still going like this. And all of a sudden, that satellite spark just flashed. Just like, oh, 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 what did I saw it flash. I, you know, I, I probably look like an idiot out there. You know, like, like anybody cares that there's a satellite going over, but I'm, oh, I'm making a big deal out of it, something so small, you know. It flashed. It flashed. Did you, you, you see that flash? I guess I'm from West Virginia. You don't think I had anything better than do. That's what you're thinking here tonight. <laughs> I didn't grow up with a TV. It was sin when I was growing up. Amen. Should still be for most of you. Glory to God. Come to the keyboard. Let's go ahead and have an altar call tonight. Amen. It flashed, and I'm looking. All of a sudden, behind it, it's all of these almost like diamonds smaller than it. No, I really got excited. And I've watched satellites for years. I ain't never seen one have babies. Brother Hugo, you were with me, weren't you? What in the world? Look at that. There's all kinds of them following it. What's going on? Hugo and his technology on his phone, he said, Tesla just released its another 5G network satellites. He has a plan that every single spot in the world, you will never be able to get away from the 5G network. You can have constant connection everywhere in the world. And I just happened to be looking when they released that network. Most recent, it was satellites being released out of another one. And here we are today. He said, no matter where you go, you can't buy, you can't sell, you can't trade. Now, I know where I come from, country people, country folks. We're like, I just get my bow and go kill me a deer. I'll just plant some corn. When you got tyranny and theft and everybody's breaking the law and everybody's shooting every white-tailed deer and squirrel in the woods, are you with me right now? I'm going to tell you, a country boy's not going to survive. you you got to realize you're going to be pressed into the corner. That's where we're coming to, that everybody is going to be forced into taking this mark of the beast. I'm so glad I heard teaching this year that we're going to be gone before that happens. The Lord's going to come and take his church out of here, but we're headed that way. How many, how many plan on getting out of here? I'm not staying around here for anybody. You can't get me to leave the church. We're too close. We're too close. I'm not walking away from God. We're too close to the coming of the Lord. I'm not walking away for, any, for anybody. Can somebody say amen? And you look. They, they talk about the technology now that a chip can be put in the hand, head or the hand. And right there in your card. Somebody asked me one time, how many have ever seen in your, in your credit card you got a chip right there? I mean, I'm trying to slide it. And they're like, you can't slide it anymore. I just got to put it in there and read the chip. I'm like, <laughs> I have people call me like, Pastor, can I use my credit card? I like to say in my infinite wisdom that I have, that I knew exactly to tell you. I just said, I guess. Just don't put it in your hand. But our hands sure are using them. Then you're going to have a data number. You're going to have all of this. The coming of the Lord talks about the signs of the time and the chip going in the hand and the mark of the beast that's upon you. What I'm saying is it's all coming down to a cashless society. 
a one world government, a one world language, a one world religion is forced and all of this stuff. I'm going to tell you what you better be careful of. And some of you are already turning me off right now because you don't want to hear me talk about it. But I'm going to talk about it to the ones that want to hear it. Quit scaring me. I wish I could scare you. He's coming. Can I just speak it plain? Wake up or you're going to be lost. Wake up. He's coming. He's coming very soon. And you think you're going to get in there by good deeds. You're wrong. You're going to get in there just by being a good person. The Bible says there's none good. No, not one. You can't get in without him. You can't get in without his blood. You can't get in without his spirit. And you can't have him if you do not have an altar in your life. He's coming. I said the Lord is coming. We don't have time to be lost. We don't have time to play games with God. It's time to get in and stay in. Come on, it's time to get some concrete in your feet and say, I'm not leaving. I don't care who leaves. I don't care who walks away. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to make it. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. All of these things are pointing to the signs of the end time. The bridegroom cometh. The bridegroom cometh. My friend, pastors in Eureka, California, called me today. I said, hey, Brother McDonald. He said, you're not going to believe this. I said, what? He said, I feel like I am standing. He said, it's like the apocalypse. I said, what do you mean? He said, it's almost 9 o'clock and my headlights are still on. He said, in all the years I've ever lived in California, he said, it's almost 9 a.m. and my headlights are still on. It is still dark here. I said, I don't understand what's causing it. He said, the fires are so bad that the smoke has blocked the, 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 the light of the sun. The fire is burning up California right now. Hundreds of fires. He said, but all of a sudden, all these fires are coming together. He said, the smoke is blocking the sun. He said, he said, people are frantic. No one wants to be alone. People are trying to gather together. He said, I have people calling, wanting to repent because they're saying to them, they said, I know this is another sign of the time. The Bible talks about pestilence and famine. California's on fire because it's so dry. I preached there four years in, four years in a row, a few years ago, four years in a row. Every time you go there, just the banks, everything is brown. There's hardly any green anywhere. It's just dried up. It's like a famine, and it's on fire. It's burning. Hundreds of fires are burning, and when you begin to see these things, he said, you better look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Oh, I'll come to tell you, we better look up because he's coming for a church that's made themselves ready. That says, I choose the Lord over culture. I'm going to choose righteousness over sinfulness. I'm going to choose modesty over immodesty. I'm going to choose purity over Im I choose Jesus. I'm going to throw this in here but just because I was thinking about it today. You know what going to, it's going to be the, one of the most tragic part of hell? One of the most tragic parts of hell, people that have missed the rapture. One of the most tragedies, greatest tragedies of hell. You know what's going to be? Not just the flames of torment, not just one, not just the absence of one drop of water. Luke 16, he just said, just tell Lazarus to bring me one drop. You, you, 
All of your cravings are going to be there, but they're not going to be unfulfilled. People that traded him for immoral, sensual things are going to have immoral, sensual desires, but will never be satisfied. Hunger that will never be met. Thirst that will never be quenched. But I'm going to tell you what's going to be a greater tragedy than not one drop of satisfying any of the appetites that you sold the Lord for. I'm going to tell you what it's going to be is that the kingdom was near me and I didn't, I didn't take the opportunity. Pastor preached to me 2,500 times. Reached for me. Called me. Prayed, laid his hands on me. The youth pastor, the first lady, that close to me. They were within, they were within one foot of my life loving me. And yet I chose the world over Christ. And they're going to live in hell thinking about every sermon that they heard and they didn't go to the altar. Every sermon, they'll walk out of the church. I'm telling you, people that have walked out of the church and went into eternity, right now they're wishing they had repented. They're wishing they had get re went, went to the watery grave of baptism. They're wishing they would have went to the house of God. I'll come to tell you, we don't have time just to hear a sermon. We've got to start responding to the messages. you got to start responding to the call of the preacher. you got to start responding to the call of God. you got to start responding. You gotta start responding. Some prayer where you lift your hands and start praying right now. In this room, there's a call of God. some mama start praying come on some daddy start praying come on some saint of God start praying right now God don't let my family be lost we're too close to the rapture let my family be saved oh everybody stand in the room and lift your hands and start praying there's the Lord reaching for somebody right now the Lord is reaching for a sinner He's reaching for a backslider. He's reaching for somebody in this room, somebody that's watching right now. Don't you dare be lost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come to the altar. Come on, I hear his voice. Well, his arms are open wide. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
fire of God's trying to fall in your life. Come on, the wrong person showed up in your world. You need God tonight. You need God tonight to push all of the, burn all that sin out of you. I'm preaching to somebody. If you would just build an altar before the Lord, he'd give you an old-fashioned desire back in your heart to be holy and pure and righteous again. That's it all over the building. I want there to be a crying out to the Lord. Oh, God. <laughs> Come on, if there's a sinner in the building that wants to be right with God. There's a sinner in the building. Why don't you run to this altar and say, tonight, I want to get my heart right. I don't want to be lost. Come on, I can continue this preaching later if we need to, but right now there's a call of God. Don't you dare ignore the grace and the love of God reaching for your soul right now. Don't deny him. Do not be ashamed of him. He's reaching for you. The Lord is reaching for you, you may be seated. Nadab and Abihu decided to worship with strange fire instead of fire that's from God. Be careful which Christian music you listen to that's birthed out of strange fire. Instead of fire that's up on the altar. Don't get me wrong. But there's a difference between people being gifted and being anointed. You see, strange fire is going to be appealing to the flesh. But fire that comes off the altar is going to be converting to the heart. We've got to be careful that we not lean to giftings over character. Because he said, when you come to faith, you need to add to your faith virtue and then to your virtue knowledge, which I would say giftings. Could I say to this congregation that you've got to have character before gifting? It's quiet in here for some reason. But I'm just saying we got to get back to an altar where we die out to what we want, to who we are, and get back to a place where we can feel God again. Because when Nadab decided to live for God, I can't tell you how many people over the years that found a new way, a way of sensuality, a way of, of addiction, a way of godlessness, but yet they say they're saved when they're nothing more than being deceived. It's concerning because if we're not careful that what worked for the elders, we try something new. And Nadab and Abihu knew you cannot go to the holy place or the presence of God if you don't have an altar. So they bypassed the altar with strange fire. And they offered strange fire upon the altar of incense in the holy place. And when they did, a fire came out from before the Lord and burnt them from the inside out. And they both fell down as a heap of ashes and the judgment of God had come against them. What it's saying is this. You try to live for God out of your personality, you're going to die spiritually. 
This isn't about you. This isn't about your talents, your gifts. This is about your character and getting right with God. You know what the altar will do for you? It'll burn out everything in you that's not like God. And it will cause everything to be left in you that is like God. We need nothing, nothing left of us except what is godly and what is holy and what is pure. I'm preaching to you. You've got to have an altar to burn out your carnal mind, your sinful nature, your family traditions. You've got to have an altar. I'm moved by this because we don't need preaching that makes us feel good about doing sinful things. We don't need clowns and puppeteers to tell us how well we're doing when we're lost. We need somebody that's been before the Lord that has fire upon their heart that can cause our hearts to convert and to become righteous and holy before God to get us ready for the judgment day. I come to tell you, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. If you've ever heard me say it, the Lord is coming. Let's all stand to our feet. I'm not so sure, Pastor Cody, that if we're not careful, we will allow the distractions of this world to destroy the passions of his kingdom. Run right out of here. Turn on something ungodly. Turn the radio on to something that has nothing to do with God. And you can't remember what God did just a few minutes ago. we got to learn to get along with the Lord tonight. I am preaching in the Holy Ghost, but I am opposing human spirits right now. There's not one devil in the building. We pray the devil out. But I'm dealing with stubborn, selfish, thinking myself, not thinking about eternity and, and, and eternity right now. You better get a hold of your human spirit Get a hold of God and let it die on the altar. You see, if it's a devil, we can cast it out in a few minutes. But it might take 20 years to change a human spirit. You see, human spirit's got to make a choice. I'm going to live for God. You've got to make a choice. Somebody shout, I want to live for God. I don't want to ever embrace Christianity as a place that's for me. When I should embrace Christianity, that's a place for Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not about you. It's about Christ. Probably one of the scariest things I've ever had said to me was, Pastor, your preaching doesn't move me anymore. It used to make me cry. I used to be so convicted, I'd tremble when you were preaching. He said, but it doesn't faze me anymore. Hezekiah in the Bible was made forced to walk on heathen altars. His dad, Ahaz, put him on heathen altars and made him walk barefooted on hot coals. The term for it is called asceticism. It's something called mind over matter. That they would walk so thinking about something else that they could step on hot coals and yet it wouldn't faze them. Asceticism. Everybody say asceticism. It's a scary thing to me, Brother Adam Nelson, that somebody can walk through a hot Pentecostal service 
And their mind so on somebody else. Their mind is so on the things of this world that a hot Pentecostal service doesn't ever phase them. <laughs> is your mind so far gone that it's almost reprobate? Is your mind so far gone that it doesn't convict you any longer? Over the years, I've had people to tell me, why are they dancing? Why are they crying? But they can't dance and they can't cry. They can't feel. Why? Because they've rejected the call so many times and no longer bothers them. But I've come to tell you what will make this thing come alive in your life is a trip back down to the altar. You say, preacher, I can't feel anything. You need an altar. Preacher, I don't, I don't have the passions that I used to. You need an altar. I don't have convictions like I used to. You need an altar. You need to take that human spirit down. You need to take yourself down to that altar and die out again to the Lord and say, I don't want to be lost. I know too much. I've got too much doctrine in me to go to hell. Oh, God, I'm asking you to forgive me. Would you let me become tender again? Let my heart turn towards you again. Die out to the Lord. Somebody shout, die out. If we'll die out, it's then that heaven's going to respond. Old things are going to be passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm so stirred tonight. I told you we were calling a revival service. And I believe that our prayers are working. I believe I've had contact with people today. That said, it's talking about a stirring of the God in their life. A stirring of God in their life. I believe prayers are always working. Do you believe we build an altar, fire's going to fall? Come on, I'm preaching this church. If you'll build an altar, God's going to cause a fire that's going to go out. It's going to heart. It's, it's going to stir. It's going to move on people's lives. Come on, clap your hands and praise him for it. I want everybody in this room to begin to pray. Everybody in this room. I want everybody in the room to begin to pray and call on the name of the Lord. Come on, let's not be convenienced. Let's call on God right now. Lord, we pray the heart of somebody would be made tender again. toward anybody you'll be lost don't harbor sin in your heart you'll be lost come on Nabat all, all you need is an altar quit bypassing the altar come on everybody in the building calling on the name of the Lord
Let's all get on our knees and pray. Unless you have some handicap. Don't expect this of our seniors. Let's get on our knees and call on the name of the Lord right now. The Lord's dealing with this building. He's dealing with this congregation right now. Oh God, in the name of Jesus. I want to feel again, Pastor. Build an altar to the Lord. Die out to your ambitions, your desires, and say, God, I surrender them to you. He loves you. But he can't operate with strange fire. He can't operate with worldliness in your life. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody cry out to the Lord with passion. Oh, God. Come on, the Lord loves you enough to forgive you. But He's waiting on you to visit the altar in your life. God, I don't want to be lost. I don't want to be lost. Lord, let me feel what you feel. Oh, oh God. Hallelujah. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.